Welcome to another episode of Lost in the Deep End. Uh, This is actually going to be a special episode. We had mentioned how we were going to potentially do some episodes where we talk about music, maybe have like a few different uh, subcategories or sub groupings of episodes. And this is going to be one, a music related episode. I guess before uh, we get started, I should say I am Mike Turpin. And I'm Matt Bressler. Yeah. Do you like introing us at the beginning? I don't know <laughs> if I did that on my other podcast, but it's not a bad idea. Yeah. At least for the first couple. Yeah. Unless we were like, a, until we get like a bigger entity, that's not a bad idea. Um, so we're going to call this deep cuts unless we, for some reason, change our, our minds. But that is what we're going to call the music related episodes. When we first talked about this, I had the idea, and this is back when I was recording the other podcast, right? Yeah, I'm, I think so. So there. I had another podcast, so I wanted to just, when I had a podcast, get a few rolling. Because I was already doing one, and a, I don't know, it'd just be a good idea to have a, have a separate one. We thought of the idea of doing one where all we did was we would pick albums, I would pick an album, he would pick an album. We actually chose different albums than what we're going to talk about today, because I thought this would be a better way to get our intro into talking about music than just talking about a specific album, like a, like a newer release sort of thing, because neither one is overly timely, but one was uh, you know, a new album, and there's no reason to talk about those bands today. But we will save the surprise, because we'll probably talk about them soon. Today, we're going to be talking all about Alice in Chains. Yes. We came up with this idea about 25 minutes ago. <laughs> but I figured it'd be good because Alice in Chains is a band that if, if I had to pick a band to talk firmly on, they're, they're not even probably my literal favorite band. I would say they're up there. Yeah, definitely. And the more research you do, sometimes it becomes annoying. Like, I, I don't like the idea of just making this like a all trivial thing and talk about the, you know, give the names of the <laughs> band members and the names of the producers and all that. Like, I don't want it to be overly chalk. Yeah, definitely. We want to get to what we feel. Yeah. And that's the best part about them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Alice in Chains, off the bat, what is the first, do you remember the first thing you heard by Alice in Chains? Um... Probably Nutshell is probably the first thing at least I remember hearing. Oh, that's interesting. That's because when I joined Sugar Jack, that was like something that was brought up at some point. I, that's the first thing I remember hearing um, about them. That's like the first time I remember hearing about them. I was like, oh, damn, that song is like amazing. The lyrics are so good. It's, it's insane. I just remember that sticking with me for a while. That is probably an unusual first hearing of of Alice in Chains probably not the most common first song to have heard probably true yeah (laughs) and it's definitely the most of one sound it's definitely yeah it's not their typical sound really it's not even I mean yeah yeah it's definitely kind of more if if they if okay here's a good example if Alice in Chains and this is a good song to talk about because this explains the heart of grunge to me and one of the most overlooked qualities of what I think is the grunge sound is that you can take a song very easily, even a popular one, Nutshell. Now, nobody thinks that that doesn't sound like Alice in Chains to a degree. Like it's, You mm-hmm. could expect that mm-hmm. because you expect that sort of thing from them. But at the same time, if all of their songs sounded like that, 
Very different band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, would they even be considered rock? Yeah, they're more like an indie kind of like band at that point. And that type of song, that 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 style of almost like rock band doing a poetic singer songwriter oh, yeah. sort of. I don't. I have no idea what that type of song is, but can, I can't think of many songs that came out before the grunge era that have that slow, that uh, folky, not not yeah. folk, I guess just acoustic, what what would it, if you had to put it down, like that, that's a really, it's easy to describe the sound of like the heavy crushing riffs yeah. that some of them are a bit droning and slower. And you can mm-hmm. think of the things that make the rock sound like a, a da- drop tune. You can, there are things, the, the yells, the, distinctions but nutshell what is nutshell yeah it is and those solos are so like blistering it's so like i don't know and the lyrics are so good it is kind of like singer songwriter it is just like acoustic guitar and he's just kind of singing over it and the solo fills are incredible yeah hey real quick something we should do you i forget what but you should turn your mic up or okay. I, I can do it if it's easier. Which yeah. one is it? Let me Mine's do that. Mine's one. Okay. Yeah, I might not be as on it as I was before. Okay, check, check. This is better. Yeah, I think you're good. All right. Well, hopefully that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that that was a that's something I've thought about when I've thought about Allison Chains a lot, and they're the ones that have the most songs of that distinction the the nirvana unplugged album sounds yeah that's kind of similar yeah but cut from a similar cloth right i don't know are there Soundgarden songs that are that stripped down are there pearl jam songs that are that there are there are pearl jam songs they the pearl jam has some acoustic songs but um they're not they're not the same as like Alice in Chains. I don't know. I expect it more from them. I feel like they they were never as heavy as Alice in Chains. Yeah, no. But I mean, but I'm talking about the slower, softer stuff. Yeah, they they have some so slower ballads. Like, like isolating that specific sound of a um, don't follow. I guess. Yeah. I guess Jar of Flies in general. That whole album is pretty just stripped down acoustic singer songwriter. Yeah, I guess there's a, a bluesy influence on it compared to straight up like folk singer songwriter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess more like bluesy kind of. All yeah, right, now yeah. I got to turn yours down a little bit. <laughs> I'm figuring it out. All right, we're sticking with that for All right. this. But, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, Allison Chains, dude, I, I guess just like thinking of the history, they, I don't, just to give like the, the briefest bio. Uh, without without actually reading something, in the late '80s they started playing gigs, and I don't know if you know this about them, but they actually were called Alice, and then it was like a, an apostrophe yeah, in yeah, Chains, yeah. and I believe Chains with a Z, and they were dressing in drag. They were like a glam, like glam, yeah, like glam metal kind of style band, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was that was kind of common because like another early grunge band from that era the mother mother love bone oh right right they kind of had a glammy side and i, I would say that's very influenced by like guns and roses and maybe right. like the new new york dolls if you know who they are even there they were like a more punk rocky twisted sister right, lots right. of bands that were was like popular in the 80s so it makes sense that they were influenced by that 
And I think that they are one of the last rock rock bands that was directly influenced, obviously, by that. And you can tell in the way that he sings on the early the early full-length facelift has mm-hmm. parts that might not sound like glam rock, but do you like you know, um have you heard many songs on that album? The way he wiles yeah, yeah, out yeah. The, the early yeah. recordings. Yeah, it's definitely a different feel than like dirt or or like anything after they but yeah. He did you definitely can tell the the glam influence more, the metal kind of more as opposed to like the more stoner kind of that's it too. It's definitely much less stonery. Right. They got more like Sabbathy and like stonery in the in the later ones. And and you know, they still had the element. So this is something that's quintessential, Allison Chains, that is obviously worth talking about. They talked about drug use oh, yeah. in a way that had not been done. And in ways, this is something about poetry that I think will make sense to anybody who doesn't really think they're a fan of poetry. There is poetry that you take something like drug use and you say it in other ways. You Mm -hmm. you say it in different contexts, you know, metaphors. You kind of imply it without directly going out and saying it. And that is poetry. But there's also poetry that is direct and just so honest and straightforward that it it just has the feeling and the effect and the nature of poetry. Yeah, Would you agree? I love that kind. Honestly, I love that kind of lyrics that's just blunt and kind of in your face, but very like real, just like incredibly like vivid yeah. and just strong and emotional and like... It really makes you feel something. And in it is something that maybe on paper, it might not come off as poetic to the average person or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know it is as heavy. Like when you think of poetic, mm-hmm. pr- prolific lyricists or, or front men, you'd have to, if you're a big fan of Alice in Chains, they're probably at the forefront of singers with somewhat of a poetic nature, depending on your do- definition of poetic, I guess, but... Yeah, definitely poetic, and the way he talks about it, and and the way he like was able to just be so blunt about all the stuff he's going through is definitely poetic. And 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 there are songs on you know, but in the first album, like just to talk dr- drug references, I know for a fact that the song "Real Thing" obviously talks about drug use. He talks about coming out of rehab in it, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, he gets out of rehab and he. You know, the the doctor says you're going to be a new man. And he says, thank you very much, but can I bump 50 bucks? And (laughs) the whole thing is on a white line straight to nowhere. And, you know, again, uh, you know, under the hill or whatever it was on a, on a straight line, on a straight line, straight to nowhere or white line, straight to nowhere is, is in it. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but the song real thing on facelift is a song I know that directly talks, but let's get to dirt, which is the album that pops. Yeah. That's that's, the album that most people. (laughs) Yeah. And believe it or not, just like you discovered Alice in Chains through nutshell, dirt is actually one of the last albums I came back around to. And the reason being, I was young when the self-titled album came out. Right. So Heaven Beside You mm-hmm, came mm-hmm. out. That was a hit. The song Over Now on that got, got mm-hmm. some airplay. My dad loved it. We got the album. That probably came out. Here I am just fucking giving off dates on a podcast about music, but I'm going to guess 95. <laughs> something like that. 
definitely by 97. I, I forget when he died, but I think that album came out, Mad Season might have been 95, regardless, mid-90s, uh, no later than 97. And I was born in 88. So that gives you an idea of where Alice in Chains is in my timeline. But I grew up listening to them from that. And I I had heard songs probably, but again, you're, you're young, so that doesn't even mm-hmm. really matter. Then... I got to an age where I was getting back into grunge in high school. In 10th grade, I remember I had a teacher that was really into grunge rock, and he recommended Mad Season. So I got into the Mad Season. We'll we'll circle back around to this, but I'm just thinking out loud. So then then he told me they had an album, if, if I wasn't as into that straightforward rock or whatever, to check out the more bluesy experimental Jar of Flies. It was a shorter one. Boom, I got Jar of Flies. I even got the EP Sap. And the last two albums were honestly, in ways, their most popular, Facelift and Dirt. And I didn't love Dirt right away because Dirt, is, of the Alice in Chain albums, Dirt has one sound. Yeah, that is definitely true. It, it's, it's kind of like a concept album almost. Like the, it, it focuses a lot on the same, like lyrically, it's a lot of the same story and and it does, it kind of does have one sound and they all kind of seem like they flow, the songs kind of flow into each other. But yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, you know how some bands, when they produce an album, they make everything sound like, they're, it's like it connects in a way mm-hmm. that, that's, I think like some Queens of the Stone Age albums are kind of like mm-hmm. that, even if they go different directions. The guitar or the whatever is very different album to album, but very same. Right, that right, album. right. That's how Dirt kind of sounds to me. For those of you who don't know, the bigger songs on Dirt would be, you know, Rooster, Them Bones. Um, I guess you got Down in a Hole. There's more. I mean, that's that's Junkhead gets airplay, mm-hmm. and the whole album is just full of good songs. Yeah. But, I mean, to give you an example of the straightforwardness, this was one of the most popular albums of its time. And in the rock community, it was as big as it gets. And there are lyrics on this, like, I want to taste dirty, a stinging pistol in my mouth, on my tongue. I want you to scrape me from the walls and make you crazy like you made me. Just that line. I mean, that, that's that part of the song Dirt, which is the, which is the album track, by the way, which gets air. I'm sure I've heard that on the radio before. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if it had a music video and all that, but that song was a part of popular music from that time. Now, I know we get popular music that talks about, you know, all sorts of slang, drugs, this and stonery stuff or, or even talking in, the, in a lot of like trap music. You, you have music that's pretty popular. This music was pretty commonly popular in different circles and... It just sounded more real. Yeah. The swagger was not that of just pretending to be a pimp, savage, whatever, killing people, all this. It was honest. Yeah, it was, he was self-destructive. And it was like, he was, he was, he knew he was like sad. And it's crazy. I love, you can feel just his pain. And and it is such a sick lyric. and But it just lets you know how, how sick he was and like, how twisted he was feeling it's it's it i don't know there's something there that just in being so honest just makes me really connect to like that feeling that really expressive like i don't know 
Yeah. No, it's 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 dark. It is inevitably if you're if you're somebody who feels for this person, connects to mm-hmm. them in any way, you inevitably feel a little slice of what they were going through. And not everybody breaks down music like this. Not everybody feels music the, the same way. But it, for me, that those lines are just like, holy <laughs> shit. And I think about how for real it is. And these people were larger than life. They were in a huge band, had all the money, had so much going for them. And he was in this place of just utter chaos and destruction mentally. Yeah, yeah. And we, as a fan base, it was respected. It was adored. It was it was idolized. It's rock and roll. It's what people think. <laughs> now, I don't know of many bands before the, you know, the 90s, and before Alice in Chains are really many bands. There are people that talk about drug use for sure, but... The fact that we didn't hear that as being so different or I, I don't remember anyone running commentary on those lyrics. Yeah. Or like, yeah. When you think of other things that came out that were edgy, you got your your satanic rock and people always trying to say everything is evil. There was something that was respected about 90s rock. Maybe some people didn't get it. I remember older people talking about the Kurt Cobains and, and, you know, you're so stupid. Why, if you had all the money, why would you kill yourself? Like they're definitely simple minded or, or there, there's that view, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I call it kind of simple, but at the, in the end of the day, they were loved by so many people and were not criticized as widely as say a Marilyn Manson or even something remotely in that direction. I mean, that was something that your preacher might bring up in church on Sunday, (laughs) not to let your kids listen to, you know, I mean, but that's true. They were never like talked about as like a bad influence. You wouldn't worry as a school teacher or something like, you know, somebody being into, I mean, I had a teacher get me into Alice in Chains. Uh, Yeah. That's funny. They might, I mean, a school teacher might recommend some cool out there stuff, but they might be a little hesitant, you know, to recommend things that are on that level when you actually <laughs> that's analyze true. it. That's a good point. That's a that's an interesting thing. Do you think it's that most people don't listen fully? Because obviously music has a weird way of only being for the people who like it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Do, Some people don't listen to lyrics at all. Well, and, and it's like who knows that much about Alice in Chains who doesn't listen to Alice in Chains? Unless you know, you're not really true, exposed yeah. to music that you don't connect with that mm-hmm, often. Mm-hmm. Especially the more pockets of, of music. I mean, now but that being said, this was a band that was bigger and definitely was heard by more people than its fans. Yeah, especially that album was that was probably the most popular, right? Do you think I mean when people thought of grunge and people thought of all these bands that were doing, doing heroin and all that, do you think that was a common association that was a part of like the news surrounding the band, like MTV, they probably wouldn't talk so much about this unless maybe somebody goes to rehab. Like you hear in tabloids when actors go to rehab, but when it's going on and they're talking about it, it's not like, do you remember when Charlie Sheen had that thing go on? (laughs) Yeah. Where he was going yeah, off yeah, on the yeah, deep yeah. end. Mm-hmm. 
so Charlie Sheen had a stretch and it was like, it was a big news thing that he was being the way he was, partying the way he was, doing coke the way he was as it was going on. But rock stars just have a different life. And people knew it about 80s band members, but for some reason they got a free pass because they didn't talk about it as much. Yeah, I feel like people expect it from like rock stars almost. They kind of expect them to be like, do we Trump get a free and... pass for doing drugs because we're rock stars? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like, do do people look at us like, well, they're into rock music. It's okay that they fuck around with that <laughs> yeah. stuff. It, it comes with the trade. Yeah, the, yeah. You've got long hair, Matt. It's, you know, yeah. of course. <laughs> I, I wonder if that is like, the, this is a part of self-consciousness. I mean, we're, we're talking about a lyricist who is extremely self-conscious mm-hmm. and struggles with the way he sees himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Deeply, deeply, in ways he only exposes so much of, but so much so that it led him to more than likely, more than likely die on purpose. Yeah. But either way, he had songs about suicide. suicide. (laughs) So much, uh, so much suicide talk. Just like Chris Cornell had so much suicide talk. If Mm -hmm. you go back and look, that's like a side note related thing. If you ever go back and listen to self, like title, or I mean, um, Chris Cornell's solo live stuff. Listen to the song choices that guy chooses to sing on his live albums. And it's like, I want to kill my, one of them was called cleaning out my gun. And he goes, Oh, this is a song. It was never put it on an album. It's called cleaning out my gun. And he goes into it. It's almost like, uh, it almost sounds like dark comedy. Right. It almost sounds like parody, dude. And people are, I mean, there's something mesmerizing about that. Um, but I don't even know what the heck I was going to say before that. I was going to uh, branch into something from, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, this is a guy, yeah, deeply self-conscious. I, I, I think we, we are self-conscious in a way, for yeah, sure. That's what, that's what we relate to, I'm sure, a lot of, of it. How much of like the stigma of doing something like, especially you grew up not smoking pot, you mm-hmm. grew up being Christian, you grew up certain ways. How much of the stigma of not being that way and what people think of you is in your own head, do you think, realistically? Knowing that people don't even, they don't run commentary on people like Lane Staley or have strong opinions on like dr- drug addicted bands and they like the Rolling Stones and they like the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix. Do you think especially as long as you're not out stealing from your family and being like a, yeah. a fucked up junkie, homeless, jobless, as long as your life is together enough to earn respect, how much do you think like people actually judge you for that? And do you feel like people judge you for that? That's a good point. Certain people definitely do. I definitely, I don't know. It's, certain people definitely judge you, but you might be right that that stigma is a lot in your head and it's just a fear of being honest or like open but yeah yeah because you're right like all these musicians are like notorious drug users the the other i see i have the double whammy i have the i used to not be this way at all Mm -hmm. and then i made a switch so of course you're going to be self-conscious and question things that used to question Uh and unlike most people like i don't think it's in like a hater sort of way i do judge people dude like i am the person that recognizes that someone blows coke regularly Mm -hmm. and i do make strong opinions about that. And I do judge. I mean, I'm always open to change. I change my mind about people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I am, and so like that adds to it. But it's just funny because when I see somebody act this way and be this way, I know we've mainly only talked about Lane Staley, and but but at the end of the day, can you believe that somebody gets to be that way? Does the way does himself the way he does, and he and he, I mean, he's loved and adored by such a wide range of people. It's yeah. so interesting. It really is. You're right. I never really thought about that so much, but he did. Yeah. Who from that era doesn't like, especially older heads, like Man in the Box? Yeah. See, oh, seriously. Was that like 1990? You know, yeah. like that. That is just such a song from that era. Mm-hmm. So. We've talked a lot about that. Is there anything that pops to you, especially you discovered them a little bit later as far as mm-hmm. going in deep? You probably had heard a song like that before at some point. Yeah, in like life, Man right? in the Box. I probably heard Rooster before at some point on the radio. Right. But the, the first memory was not show. But yeah. So that's when you like sought out Alice yeah, in Chains. Yeah. So yeah, that that actually for me, that would have been coming back to full circle mad season, but mm. I had known them very well growing up as a young kid till maybe like middle school. And then I stopped listening to that stuff. So what stands out musically to you? Like what, what do you think, especially that dirt sound, because that is such the quintessential. When you think Alice in Chains, you probably think a lot of people probably think if they know them well, they probably think of the drug related songs. Mm -hmm. They probably think of the album dirt. Mm-hmm. And they probably think of some of the riffs, like mm, them bones has like a specific chugging style or whatever yeah. style of riff. What, how do you, what do you feel or what do you think of that sound? Oh, it's, it's cool. It's like dissonant and, and slow and kind of like just very open. And the, the solos are awesome. And they do a lot of like harmony and both in the vocals and they, they play a lot of guitar harmonies. It's, I love that kind of stuff. It's, it's very fitting of what is is it sets the mood of what he's singing about very well and like it, it sounds yeah just it's great and his guitar tone is awesome on the on the heavy stuff like the the riffs and stuff yeah so there's a distortion or something in the guitar that mm-hmm. was not common in the 80s mm-hmm. i have a weird theory and it maybe not a theory but when i think of like a similar associations. And I think of the path of a band like that and their place in time and their place in history. I think you understand socially and are a reflection of your parents in ways, but in a lot of ways they say, this is a saying that, that men are like their forefathers. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. yeah. They're like their grandparents. Mm-hmm. So you, you get a lot of personality, but at least people say, and it doesn't really matter because we're talking about music. So I don't need to take that one too far, but, but <laughs> When I hear Alice in Chains, I can't think of a better description than they clearly came after the 80s and they have influence somewhat and they kind of talk about their their the the parent bands, the music that was out when they were younger. The, the 80s, mm-hmm. it was drug addicted, you know, the love, the glam and and all of that. And they talked about the way that those people really were behind the scenes because that existed, that that drug addicted the lifestyle that Alice in Chains talked about existed all through the eighties. Right. Right. It was huge to be into all those drugs and just wasn't as talked about. Yeah. They, they kind of brought it up. They were, yeah, they were hiding behind the lyrics. So Mm -hmm. what better juxtaposition than that, than to be honest in a way that the seventies was honest Mm -hmm. in a way that the grandfather era 
of this band. And what did they bring back riff-wise? They brought back Black Sabbath sounding Right, riffs. slower stuff instead of like the showy kind of glam stuff, which is more like fast paced. It's like more, yeah, like you said, Sabbath, the slow stonery stuff. And they were edgy and even characterized uh, compositionally in ways that definitely took influence on the other side of the 80s rock mm-hmm. sound. They yeah, clearly were, they clearly recognized the 70s probably as the superior era. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's to them. They probably yeah, yeah. have something that, that connects them to the 70s even more so than 80s bands did. And I think that can be said a lot about music. And hopefully we're back on that alignment of being like the people before us because I'm ready for the 70s and 90s (laughs) to come back. But I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, No, there's still a lot of great new music coming out. But Mm -hmm. regardless, it'd be nice if trends changed. Yeah. So what? then after that, yeah, I, I kind of agree. But it's just the slow, heavy riffs that stood out to me and it separated them from anything that was grunge at the time. Now to give more obscure reference of influence, there was a band, the Melvins that had kind of slower, heavier riffs that was coming out in the, the early mid eighties. And by the end of the eighties, early nineties had been doing some stuff that maybe definitely influenced Nirvana directly, but probably influenced some of that stuff as well. The, the, the grungy mm-hmm. sound. And we did mention like the mother love bone, all that, but honestly, I can't think of many bands, even the metal acts. I can't think of many eighties metal. Um, there was not much that came out really that seemed like an obvious direct influence on that early nineties sound as far as, Oh, they, they, they sound a lot like this of the people before them. It, it definitely is a mixture of, Music before them, and then they started a sound. Yeah, it was drop tune. I mean, to your knowledge, obviously we could be wrong, but at the end of the day, they're known for it. Do you know of many bands before them that were common to drop tuning? Yeah, I think Sabbath did it a lot. Sabbath, because the Tommy Iommi has like messed up fingers. He like cut off part of his fingers, and I'm pretty sure he used to drop tune pretty, like C sharp or whatever. Yeah. Now I'm just curious. I'm sure I am sure there are bands in the '80s that did as well. I'm singling out the '80s like mm-hmm. all it was was glam rock, but it definitely sparked heavy in the '90s. I mean, you would almost assume that as a '90s band, you is a '90s rock band from that era that you had drop tuning. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times you would assume at the very least. And what that means is that the guitar tuning is lower. Which gives it such a heavy sound. Yeah, it gives they did like a half step down a lot, or like drop D a half step down. Yeah, was do you know of drop D being common before then? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know when that became common. Honestly, yeah, it so is definitely for those common who don't know, drop D is like you can play a chord with just like one finger over uh, the bottom two or yeah. three, and you tune because you tune it that way. Right, you tune your bottom string down so it sounds heavier too. Sounds a little yeah. thicker. So, all right, let's go ahead and branch out a little bit. I'm thinking another 10 minutes on on Allison Janes. It was nice to delve deep into Lane yeah. Staley. I mean, Jerry Cantrell, no offense to Jerry. This is this is what explains Jerry. He did a lot of the work, but he's not much to talk about. I mean, <laughs> you could talk about his guitar. He's great as a front man, does the job, sounds good. I love the Jerry Cantrell sound. I mean, he did so much for the band, and he's mm-hmm. still 
the member in the band, like the driving force of Allison Chains over these years, he's done tenfold probably more work than Lane Staley for Allison yeah, Chains. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what is Allison Chains? Yeah, it's Lane Staley. It's Lane Staley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think this can be proven pretty simply. And fortunately, he had time to to work with Mad Season before passing. Jerry Cantrell has put out solo albums. He's also been in Allison Chains for several albums, you know, After, post yeah. Lane's death. Now, do you know anything of Lane of, of Jerry Cantrell that's very popular at all that <laughs> that's is not solo. linked to Lane? No, nah, no. Not really, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I have to think about it. I, I love his, he came out with a two-disc thing, degradation, degradation trip. He did some cool stuff. I know he like locked himself in a cabin to write one album for like a month and was just, he's been through a lot. He gives a good interview, but people don't really talk about him much. And I, it's when I think of Allison Chains, I spend my time thinking about and talking about Lane Staley. So sorry, not sorry. I know there's more <laughs> to the band than that. Yeah. Um, but that's just the way it is. So we could even make this a Lane Staley episode as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because we're actually going to talk about Mad Season. So there's an album, Mad Season, and that has, uh, it has uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam on guitar. Mm -hmm. It has a member of the Screaming Trees in it. Um, and then it has another guy that one of them met in a rehab I believe I, I just, the names, I don't want to mess that up, but regardless, that was the, the band members. There was, I guess there was four of them then, right? Yeah. I think it was four. Yeah. 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 yeah but regard, those are the ones I know, but it was a super group because it had a guy, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam and a guy from the Screaming Trees, the Screaming Trees, the band with Mark Lanigan, who mm -hmm. I love, who also was a guy who was very forward poetically. I mean, he'd used more mm -hmm. maybe poetic devices, and, and a little bit more metaphors, but he was also very honest and straightforward in the way yeah. he discussed things. So, but anyway, and, and, oh, well, it's good to mention him because yeah, he, he is featured on, on yeah. the song. And believe <laughs> two, it or not, another fact. So yeah, you say too, because he was on one song on the Mad Season album above and he's on um, Long Gone Day. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, he was the singer they came to to record after Lane died. Right. And then I believe what happened is I could be wrong. Somebody else in the band died or maybe went back to rehab or yeah, I'm making I think that you up. actually might be right. And then that's when they were like, yeah, then that's when they were like, uh, the, the, with another name for this podcast could be, this could be true. This is probably <laughs> right. <laughs> this is probably right. Um, and, well, then they just decided not to be a band, but Mark Lanigan of Screaming Trees, who had solo albums at that time, was asked to be the front man of Mad Season. And they recorded at least two songs with Mark Lanigan as the front man uh, after that. So he's actually on at least three songs. There hmm. could be another one, but I want to say it was two songs that they recorded together. So that is that is pretty interesting, but let's talk about what Lane Staley did do. Now that right there, he does all the, the vocals. He, I imagine, wrote the lyrics. Yeah, you know, because some of the Allison Chain songs were written by Jerry Cantrell, and it is that is the album for me. Yeah, oh, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. Like it's lyrically, so just so open and honest, and but so beautiful, like. Yeah, and that, man, 
that it stands out to me for so many reasons. It's a great thing to end on talking about Alice in Chains because of it, because it is everything that that could be. They had their slower, Mm -hmm. like uh, you have the acoustic river of deceit. You have the very slow opener. um, God, I forget what the heck that is. Uh, Do you know what the first song is? Oh man. I don't want to put you on the spot, but Oh yeah, what is it? Oh <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't matter. It's a really it, it. If you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. So it doesn't matter to say it. But it was a softer, slower song. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, electric. I can think of the the riff right off the mm-hmm. beginning. Uh, wake up, young man. Oh yeah, wake up. That's what yeah, it's called. Yeah, it's yeah, called yeah, wake up. Yeah, oh, that's such a wake up. That's such a great okay, song. I knew I would, yeah, it would yeah, hit me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that song, wake up is one. That one's like an electric and like a slow mm-hmm. building, but it has that kind of. Stripped down, yeah, not definitely rock, rock. for the parts. It gets like a little heavy, and he does a solo. But the the most the opening and the long gone day so, has a oh, saxophone. That's crazy, and the yeah, that one sounds really cool. It has a really that has a really different sound. Very different, very yeah. undescribable. And there's an instrumental song on there that's pretty wild that, yeah, that had never November been Hotel. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had something like that had never been done in Alice in Chains. And mm. it has some of the heaviest riffs when you're comparing. Mm. I don't know anything. Yeah, um, that's such a great riff. I yeah. think Lane actually wrote that riff. Wow. Because I see, when I seen a video of them playing that live, and he's the one playing it on guitar, and Mike McCready's playing like just rhythm. So, but yeah, yeah. So that that right there, they, there's another. There's actually there's another. Lifeless Dead was kind yeah, of a heavy crushing a riff, one. and uh, above, um, above actually yeah. is like more like upbeat kind of driving rock. Mm-hmm. But that has a great that riff, a killer riff. Yeah. What what an album. And then there's the part in Artificial Red mm. where he's singing the part, and then the guitar mimics. Oh it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. My dog is signaling the end of the podcast. We're going to give him a couple minutes because he's in for a treat when I put him in his room. <laughs> um, so it, it that album right there, man, spans from everything you could imagine rock to be at that point. And it was shockingly positive. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was more poetic in an upbeat way, in an imagery way. Mm-hmm. It was less... Just straightforwardly depressing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they got out of rehab is what initially started the band, I think. Right. It was I like think all po- of them were in rehab. <laughs> yeah. It was a positive sort of. Right. It was a way for them to try to stay sober, I think they said. Yeah. The, the songs are definitely about more like enlightenment and you trying know, coming to be on the better. other side of things. Yeah. Or try- like realizing that it is it exists betterness. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else? I think I think that for me. I'm going to go ahead and say that covers Alice in Chains enough. I want to talk about now because that is a good place to end. If you haven't heard Mad Season, that would be an, or if you haven't heard the whole album, maybe you're somebody who's only heard part of it. um, Go back and listen to Mad Season. For the longest time, I said that was my favorite album Mm -hmm. and it is up there. Thinking about it, it is complete. Yeah. And every song is so good. Like there's not a song I would skip really. (laughs) Nope. Um, yeah, I think we pretty much named every song. X-Ray Mind is another song mm-hmm. on it. But mm-hmm. there you go. We, that's pretty much the whole lineup of songs <laughs> on that album I think yeah. I, I touched on. So awesome. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back uh, soon. We'll either have normal episodes or different type of specific things. But yeah, cool. Tune in next time. <laughs>